Okay, welcome back to the United Podcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. I was going to say good evening, Larry, and good evening to the people in the comments, but for those in Sydney, it's just lying. It's not a good evening at all. Um, we are going to not shy away from anything, Larry. There's a lot to discuss, and yeah, you, I'm assuming your Monday was as horrible as mine. Um, hopefully everyone in the chat had a good Monday, but you probably didn't, to be fair. We will go through everything, but Larry, I'll be polite. How are you? Shocking, mate. Um, hasn't been a good day. Hasn't been a good day. Um, and I think, you know, look, obviously the early morning wake up here in Sydney isn't brilliant, but Tom, look, we'll obviously get into it, but it's painful. Um, I'm amazed there hasn't been a tweet out by United saying he's he hasn't been marched, to be honest well, with you. Well, that was the thing. I remember, obviously, the story sort of wrote itself in terms of Jose Mourinho's last game was against Liverpool. And I remember that was on a Sunday and the Monday morning. 9am the tweet came out and I was certain of it and a lot of people say no no you don't know the club they won't do it and I was like yeah I understand that sort of thinking and kind of agree with it deep down but I was thinking no it has become untenable I fully expected that tweet now a few people I was talking to said look Solskjaer doesn't want to go like Jose Mourinho did want to go so I'm sure that sort of negotiation was quite easy I'm sure Solskjaer is doing everything he can to hold on to his job so it might be a sort of drawn out negotiation in terms of um, sort of settling for a package. So it will be interesting to see how it comes out. But as the moment, I'm sure everyone in the live chat will have their phone on them in terms of scrolling through Twitter. So if there is any breaking news from, I don't know, um, whether it be Man United or Fabrizio Romano, et cetera, um, please keep us in the loop um, because I'm sure there will be something to talk about a little bit later on. But we will dissect what we do know. But Larry, we'll just come to some of the comments. And there are a few people in the comments, which is good to see. Unfortunately, it's in bad circumstances after a loss, but we will greet everyone. Um, Adam from the Supporters Club here saying, Evening men, I need therapy. Uh, please don't hold back tonight. I think we're all in desperate need. Um, George saying, Here we go. Um, obviously, not the in the positive way for Britzia Romana. Amad, breathe. Um, if you can send through any um, tips, Amad, that would be good because I have been struggling today to breathe. <laughs> has been a bit of a test, Dion. Saying, Fair to say, Patton has emerged, which we'll get into. Um, Wes saying, I can't believe I woke up for that. Look, we've I remember when United fans, we've we made it back into the Champions League, were saying, yes, well, let's get back into the Champions League. That means Saturday night kickoffs and no more of this Thursday-Sunday stuff. Here we are setting the alarm at 2.30 on a Monday morning because Man United play Liverpool on a Sunday. Um, Mike as well saying, been waiting for this day. I feel like a therapy session I'd needed badly. Well, we'll do our best. And Jamie over from Ireland was a hard watch on a Sunday afternoon. It was during the night for you guys, if you call 2.30 in the morning night um josh as well just a few more comments um josh as well saying even hope you're well elliot saying he won't get sacked i'm sorry we have to reach we haven't reached the bottom yet which if this isn't the bottom i'm not quite sure what is but um last one rob said said today he won't be sacked our board is incompetent and unprepared again there's so many in the comments there which is great and fantastic apologies if we don't get into any but i'll we'll do my best but um me and larry do need to discuss a few things, but on that just point, uh, Rob made Larry in regards to the board won't sack him. I want to sort of answer this, sort of take a second and don't answer it sort of too quickly. I want you to have a quick think about it, but answer it honestly. And sometimes we throw this a bit of a banter out and say, oh, they would know, they don't care, but surely they know. But I want you to have a quick think and answer this honestly. Do the Glazers, do you think the Glazers know that we lost 5 0 to Liverpool? Absolutely. Absolutely, they do. Then they why, isn't, why, why hasn't there been action? If they know there's, if they know the result and what has happened at Old Trafford during the day, I'm a big, fan of, I'm a big fan of Solskjaer, but he has to technically go now. And if they haven't acted, it's almost as if they don't even know the result happened. Oli protects the Glazers. 
um, for all the criticism of them, if you can think back to the protests, what did they do to shut all of us up? They signed Cristiano Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho, Rafael Varane. Jose Mourinho was the catalyst for unrest um, in recent seasons. I think while a lot of us don't like the Glazers, there's almost been a, an acceptance that they're here. Jose Mourinho almost brought that back to life. Um, if you think back to when he was on the verge of leaving, Tom, some of the comments he made, you think of the preseason. He basically threw the whole squad under the bus, said the youngsters weren't good enough. He threw his he threw his toys out of the tram and he basically said, I haven't been backed in the transfer market. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the complete opposite to that. While he might not feel backed, he'll come out and say he's happy with the squad he has. But then that brings criticism from the fan base in turn to say, how can you possibly be happy? And then it's almost a, a rod to beat Oli with when he gets poor results. Unfortunately, Oli is a victim of his own success in the sense he protects the Glazers. And I've been sitting here and I just said to you, I'm amazed he hasn't been sacked. But we also have to be honest with ourselves and say, if you're the Glazers, you're getting a cut price salary for a manager. He will never publicly out you. He's exactly what they want. And that's why he's still in the job. And I don't know at what point he will go, but he needs to go. What would you say to fans, and not that we're a voice of fans or anything, but what would you say? Because you're completely right in terms of what you alluded to at the start, saying, cut your mind back to the last time we played Liverpool or towards the end of the season where the match got postponed due to the protests. We're all sitting here saying, I don't care about the results. Don't care about who the manager is. We do have to look at the bigger issues upstairs. We always knew deep down, well, if they do give us a few shiny toys, we will forget about the Glazers and we will just focus on the manager. We knew as soon as results go sort of against us, and this is down to Solskjaer, this is not sort of deflecting away from Solskjaer, but we knew as soon as those results were going to go pear-shaped, no one would be going after the Glazers again, who we all promised we would go after the Glazers back in May, whenever it was. But here we are in October, completely going just after the manager, the Glazers. Well, they're the owners that they're doing their own thing. I think they're over in Dubai sorting out a bloody cricket team type thing. So so what would you say in regards to how fans can, not, I wouldn't say channel their energy because it's shown sort of whatever we do doesn't matter, but in terms of how to sort of direct that frustration because, yes, Solskjaer needs to go. Yes, we're all frustrated with Solskjaer, but every fan made a promise months ago that the manager wasn't the problem. It's upstairs, but now upstairs is, oh, it doesn't matter. Let's focus on the manager. No, nothing, none of this is linear. And I think that's the issue here. Like at the time, Oli wasn't the issue, but I've been thinking about this today and, and I've been trying to think about, we finished second last season, there's been progress. And then you think back to the season prior to that, uh, we, we finish in the top four. And I think you would have said at the start of both of those seasons, if Oli finishes in the top four, he's, he's achieved what he needs to achieve. Not success, but it's, it's a pass mark. Last season was, though, I'm just wondering, did that second place finish almost paper over the cracks? And did we finish second? Is there, is there something to be said into the fact that we played behind closed doors? Um, it was almost, ultimately, a lot of the season was played at an exhibition match intensity level. Did it all fall perfectly in, in place for Oli last season that it gave him a better return than he otherwise would have received? Because we're seeing this season, with a better squad, he's not being able to do it. And that's the issue. I, I don't think it's up to fans to stick solid or say, you know, it, it has. To, we said it was the Glazers, so we're only going to focus on the Glazers. If Oli is suddenly no longer achieving the results required of a Manchester United manager, 
then we have a right as fans to demand the best for our football club. And I respect the hell out of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I, I feel extremely sorry for him, Tom. Some of the comments he had to face um, to the media post-match, I can't imagine it was comfortable for him. But in saying that, he's not going to sack himself. He loves the club too much to give up. So someone needs to put him out of his misery and give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer his marching orders. Yeah, no, look, it's hard to disagree. You just mentioned the point there. I'll just go a comment from George saying they have to sack him under Ollie. Been, he's been given in three years. He's done as much as he could. Someone has to take the team on to bigger things, which I think at the time, look, what both of us have sort of got, got a lot of criticism. I don't know how we can be criticised. It's nothing to do with us, but sort of defending Solskjaer a bit too much. But you can't hide from the fact that he has done a good job. But the moment Rafael Varane, Jaden Sancho, and Cristiano Ronaldo walk through the door, his job changes. And ultimately, he's in the man for that job, which I think we both sort of deep down almost sort of agreed with at PSG when he did get the contract, said when that squad became a title-challenging squad, we do need a new manager. Now, um, a few comments here saying, um, Elliot, oh, sorry, no, Trev here saying, evening, lads, my 2-1 scoreline didn't come to fruition. Look, I said 3-1. Again, that was just trying to be positive. But um, Dion is also saying, eight straight season, we aren't challenging for a league. Unbelievable. And we're saying, I think they need to find the re- right replacement first. I don't want a caretaker, which is another discussion which I'm sure we'll get into, which we've both alluded to in the last podcast. I think it all comes down to, okay, sack Solskjaer. Well, is Steve Bruce coming in? Well, suddenly everyone who's sold Ollie out is suddenly Ollie in. It d- does sort of solely depend on the replacement. And I, I agree. At the moment, you'd think a caretaker would be the only option for the club in terms of unless they go for Conte or Zidane. However, yeah, I'm very much in the agreement that I don't want a caretaker because I could very much... Solskjaer was, it might be what we need because you look at what Solskjaer gave us. He gave us that 10 11 game bounce type thing and he did wonders. How would you think of that, Larry? Would you think, okay, we do need a long term plan? We need that best manager to take us to the next level. But considering the short term absolute mess we're in, I'm not, okay, we sort of bantered Arsenal about relegation sort of thing. That was never going to happen and United aren't going to get relegated. But you look at our form, what is it, one point in 12? That's relegation form. So are we in the situation? We'll forget the long term. We need a bounce now just for the sake of getting a bounce. I want to talk about what he did in this football game and and this football match, particularly against Liverpool. This is why he does have to go. You saw in the opening exchanges, and I thought we debated it. We, We discussed the title of our last video was Why United Can Beat Liverpool. And in that preview, we said United need to set up to absorb pressure at home. No, it's not what we want, but we need to absorb pressure because we can hurt Liverpool with our pace and how our lethal players on the counter-attack. Your Bruno Fernandes, your Marcus Rashford being particularly highlighted. We saw in the opening exchanges, United decided they want to be the best high-intensity pressing team. What on earth was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thinking? Tom, it was it was suicidal what he tactically set out United to do there. The, the way they split us up for the first goal... Happened because Ronaldo was pressing, which he, he never is supposedly required to do. And then we had Mason Greenwood, who wasn't in position. And then it all just fell apart from there. You had one Basaka suddenly late. You had Maguire. Oh, my God. Don't start me on Harry Maguire. Look, you, you're completely right there. You're completely right. And it does fall back because we've seen the same patterns emerge over years and years. This isn't a one-off, and we sort of kind of expected this. So you're right. However, you talk about Greenwood being out of position. You talk about Ronaldo being out of position. There's one reason they're out of position. It's Bruno Fernandes sprinting to the goalkeeper. Bruno Fernandes, that trigger who just goes and does his own thing, which we've criticised before. And now, yes, Solskjaer would be saying, don't do that, Bruno. But that's one individual just doing something. And we love Bruno Fernandes. Why is Bruno the, starting then? 
Why is the Bruno moment, starting every game if he can't the, follow? The moment shot? he's the moment he went to Allison, I was thinking because I messaged you about a couple of hours before kickoff. I said Liverpool going to score in the first five minutes, and you said the same thing. The moment Bruno went to Allison, I was thinking they're going to score here, and I was thinking how how am I saying that to myself? The goalkeeper's got the ball. Ten seconds later, they've played through this and scored the goal. So look, that falls on everyone. That falls on the individuals. That falls on Solskjaer because as the people in the comments have said this is a pattern that has been emerging and emerging so if so if the instruction isn't getting through to the players that does fall on the manager even if the instruction is correct and the players aren't following it well it's technically it's the players fault but ultimately the manager is the one who has to pay the price so it's an absolute mess but on the performance is, is there anything else you want to discuss because we've got a few or a lot of other things to sort of dissect but in regards to that performance yes the tactical setup the individual performances. Look, I've been a huge critic of Luke Shaw and people have said you've been a bit too harsh on him. I think sort of my opinions may be proven a little bit true in regards to Luke Shaw. Harry Maguire has been woeful. Um, Can we talk Freddie about McTomin- Harry Maguire? Seriously, a conversation needs to be had. Why on earth? Like, all right, I, I try to be sensible when I come on here and I hate going over the top. But seriously, his captaincy has to come into question now. You can't dish out the sort of performances he's dishing out, Tom. It's simply not acceptable. He's the he's meant to be the leader, the dictator of that defensive backline. He's almost at fault for every single goal. The first two, the first two goals particularly, he's a shambles. He hasn't got a clue. He doesn't know whether to stay in, to stay out. The the goal that it was comical. The one Salah scores, where Shaw and Maguire, simple communication, and then he comes out after the game. Oh, we all have to take responsibility. I apologize. Mate, piss off. He's the captain. Is that what you expect out of your captain? Look, I would agree with you, but then I'm saying the same thing. Well, okay, yes, in terms of – and you, we do naturally. Maybe we shouldn't, but we do naturally compare it to Brian Robson and Roy Keane and Steve Bruce, these captains of the past. And look, that is fair but unfair at the same time. But I think, okay, yes, he's in captain material. Who is then? Okay, so but then if we give it to a new person, you can recommend a name for me. If he has five, six games of bad form where we're saying that's not captain's material, do we take the armband off him? So I agree there's, it's not ideal, but I just think, well, if you strip it off him, well, what's the sort of knock-on effect that's going to have in five, six months' time sort of thing? Like, I just think it's not ideal, but I don't see a clear answer there. Put it this way. If, you, if you're Cristiano Ronaldo, you're Marcus Rashford, whoever, you're looking back, you're trying to score goals, you're looking back and your captain, the one with the armband, is making errors game in and game out and it's causing you to concede goals. And you're struggling for form and you need that leadership. It happens every single game, Tom, and that's a problem. I think he's gotten to a point, Maguire, where he can no longer d- command the respect that a captain calls for because he's constantly making errors. We've made this point around that's why Bruno Fernandes can't be captain. For as brilliant as he is, the way he plays in this risk-taker capacity, you, you can't have someone completing a 50% pass completion rate and being the captain. I got one for you. I think it should be Rafael Varane when he's fit because he's a Champions League winner, he's a leader, and he's, the gap between his bad performance and his good performance is not going to be very large. I think you give it a Rafael Varane. I think he's clear-cut, he's ready-made to be a leader, and yes, I understand he hasn't been at United for a long time, but if you're talking about someone who you know the rest of the club can, or the other players can look up to, you know that he'll lead by example. Look, that's, look I wouldn't disagree in terms of your thinking and your justification of it. 
I just can't, I can't see a situation where that, that, that can happen. Um, could you imagine Solskjaer sort of taking the armband off and we lose a game and what's he doing giving Rafael Varane? Yeah, no, well, whether he should or shouldn't, it, it, it won't because of oh, – look, that's a hard way. It's a good shout, but there's Ronaldo. I've seen some comments in here in regards to David De Gea. Look, maybe for me, David De Gea, possibly, especially given his performances. A few people, George, and saying that. Mike saying Cavani, um, which would be a good shout if Cavani played. <laughs> that's another debate. Um and Mike saying, actually, great point. Varane will be an ideal skipper. Look, it looks like he, Varane will be back for the next game. Um, fingers crossed against Tottenham. Uh, Rob saying, Oli using FA using using helping him. Maguire, the best example. He'll drop Lindelof when Varane is fit again. Sancho rotten on the bench. Van der Beek, the forgotten man. Tellez, another. Look, I've been calling for Alex Tellez, and Luke Shaw wasn't the reason we lost five 0 But I've been calling for Tellez to play over Luke Shaw for a while. But um, yeah, another comment here from Drill saying De Gea for captain. The man who won't be given the captain's armband and did have it for a little bit of spell here and there under the last two managers and um, or under Jose Mourinho and Solskjaer, but it got taken off him for Axel Tuanzebi, is the Frenchman Paul Pogba. And I just want your opinion on his, I'll call it a cameo. Can you call it that? He came <laughs> off the bench and um, sort of got an assist for Liverpool goal. You can talk about the goal in terms of his role in that and failure to track back and losing the ball. But I want to discuss the red card. I've had a discussion with a few people saying, oh, look, it's a red card, but what can you do? I like Paul Pogba. One week I say, let's keep him. Let's pay him 500 grand a week. The next week I say, get rid of him. He's no good. Like I understand I'm a complete hypocrite. But the one, the issue I have with Paul Pogba here is a big one because I feel he's taken an easy way out. It was 5-0. It was tough. He's thinking, I don't want a part of this. And I think, in my opinion, I don't want to criticize, I don't want to go too harsh on a player and sort of accuse them of something that they're not guilty of. However, my initial reaction, I stand by it almost 24 hours later. He did on purpose. I think he wanted off the pitch. He didn't want to be out there. He wanted to cave into the ground, which everyone, no one wanted to be out there. When you're 5-0 down chasing the game, it's the last place you want to be. I think Paul Pogba took an easy way out. I think he knew what he was doing. He didn't never goes in for a tackle like that in his career. It, he does the tackle 90 metres away from goal. There's no need for it. He knows exactly what he's doing. I, I don't think he's gone out to break the guy's leg. Um, I don't know the injury situation, but I think he has gone over the ball on purpose. And you saw by the strut in terms of the way he went off, I think he was... You look, look, go back to the Roy Keane comment. A leopard never changes its spots. They'll throw Ollie under the bus. But we, we, here we sat last week saying the players were fighting for Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Here I'm making the case that Pogba did the opposite. And just your thoughts on the red card, because Solskjaer takes the blame, Maguire takes the blame, Shaw takes the blame, they all take it. In terms of throwing the word disgust out there um, today, which has been thrown out there, I'm pointing that at Paul Pogba. I thought that was shocking by him. He's got a contract offer pending, pending his approval, pending his signature. If I'm Manchester United, I'm withdrawing that contract. I don't look, I don't agree with he did it on purpose, but I think the hype around Paul Pogba is bigger than the ability of the man. And he can be brilliant on his day, but that's the problem. It's on his day. And those days are far and few between Tom. He's tactically unaware. He doesn't, for me, seem intelligent enough to understand what a game requires. He comes on and has a direct error that leads to a goal. And we haven't touched on that. When United are 4-0 down and you're looking for an impact from a World Cup winner, a France international, from what we're told is, you know, a manager who doesn't trust him, doesn't build the squad around him, quote-unquote. He got put in a diamond, which... Yeah, sure, maybe not on the left, but it's in his ideal position. He was told to come on and make an impact. He made an impact for all the wrong reasons, mate. Seriously, he's not worth he's not worth the hype. For anyone saying Oli out, 
I don't disagree with you, but equally, Paul Pogba should be out alongside with him. Okay, stay tuned for the Tottenham game where both Larry and I say give Paul Pogba 450000 a week after he scores against Tottenham, but that is a debate <laughs> for next week. But look, it's just a hard one. And look, I, I fully accept frustration is high. But yeah, I, I thought, yeah, not got sent off on purpose. But I think in the back of your mind, uh, look, I've been a player that sometimes that happens. The last place you want to be out there at 5-0 is, is chasing, um, chasing shadows against a better team. And I think Paul Pogba left his teammates that out there to drive you half an hour to go. The game was over. Just on that, before we just move on to the last bit of the game, Ronaldo's goal, or no goal, okay, it didn't mean anything. I thought it was onside. I thought the lines looked a little bit dodgy to me. I, I thought it was clearly onside. And look, not not an excuse. If we scored, it would probably be the worst thing. It was like that Man City game where Darren Fletcher scored and it gave us that little bit of hope and the team went for it and that's the reason we lost 6-1. But um, So it definitely didn't have an impact. It was probably a good thing that it was disallowed. But... um. Yeah, Ronaldo. I think he's one of the ones. What do you think of Ronaldo's kick out on Curtis Jones? Because that, while Love while it. it's not a red, while it's not a red card, in terms of the, if it went to VAR, because he's kicked the ball, like it, it's it's a, something everyone's done. It doesn't hurt the op- opposition player that they can roll around and pretend it hurts. It, it never hurts them. You're kicking the ball into them, it might give them the maybe wind them sort of thing. But um, he was lucky not to get sent off. And then if I'm you saying that so? about Paul, Paul, look, no, it's definitely not a red card. But you could see a situation where VAR would give that. And then if I'm saying that, well, then I'm having the same situation. I don't think Ronaldo wanted to get off the pitch in the same situation as Paul Pogba. But um, Ronaldo was lucky, in my opinion. You know what I thought was more disappointing? Bruno Fernandes went up there to fight off Virgil van Dijk. Where were, where were his teammates? United players were nowhere to be seen. That, that, was, that was what disappointed me. It was Ronaldo and Bruno up against the Liverpool team. What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's because I'd have to see that back. Look, my, my first instinct without throwing anyone under the bus is they were 60 metres away on halfway um, type thing. I think sometimes they're a little bit harsh on that, but but I, I, w- I would agree in terms of just a comment here I've seen, which is the, just the last topic I want to have before we move on. Um, Ryan's saying here that was worse than the 6-1 in regards to the Man City. I just so I want to get your opinion on that and get your opinion in the comments, please. What's worse? Because I feel this one, in my opinion, is worse. However, it's just a worse feeling. I think the 6-1 was a bigger game in terms of more important. That meant something. This game, in terms of losing 5-0, doesn't really mean anything. It hurts in terms of banter and losing to your rivals. I think the 6-1 loss to City, though, was bigger in regards to that meant something. That was a change in football. That was a Manchester City had officially arrived type thing. They went on to go win the league, which ultimately has sort of changed the landscape of English football. So just with emotion being higher, Larry, 5-0 to Liverpool or 6-1 to City, um, in my opinion, this one, while it's not bigger, I think the, C- the City one is bigger, this one feels worse for me. It does feel worse uh, because you're looking at the context of the season. The City game, that was us, you know, it was about are United still the big dog in town? And then the City victory, obviously, it felt like there was that changing of the guard, if you like. Um, there was a now another big player in Manchester. But we'll never, we'll never at a threat of Sir Alex being sacked or United, United season derailing from that. And it was a six-one, but the scoreline almost flattered City. That happens after the red card to Johnny Evans. United were fairly competitive before that. Um, this game, we were off the pace after the first three minutes, mate. We're conceding after four and a half minutes. And the saddest thing is, you never felt like United could have gotten back into it. Yeah, yeah, no, the, I, I think that's something. Worse. Yeah, I think that's something we've almost forgotten about in regards to we're, thought, we're talking about Liverpool. Okay, they're better. United were bad, sort of thing. 
But you look back and look, I, I said before the game, most, I didn't say he was overrated, but I said I'm not completely sold on Mo Salah. And then I said, well, saying that he's probably going to go score a hat trick. 24 hours later, he's going to score a hat trick. But I say that yes. and I say Mo Salah wasn't great. No, I don't think Liverpool were good, they were good, but I don't think they were worthy of 5-0 winners. I just think United were that bad. Stole the words out of my mouth. And, and that's nothing against Liverpool. Obviously, they played well. They got a good result. But it wasn't Liverpool being brilliant. It was United being shambolic. Yeah, no, definitely hard to disagree. Um, Trev saying here, for me, this is the worst. Not so much a score. The fact that we're well beaten in every aspect of the game and don't get it twisted. Pull shut up shot with 30 minutes left on the clock. Yeah, we were lucky. Sometimes games like that do sort of ride out and both teams accept the result. And gladly, that, that's sort of what happened. If, because if we did go for it, that could have been 7 or 8 nil. But Larry, I, I've always made a point on this podcast that we'll always do it. I just seen... Um, the 6-1 for Spurs, someone commented, yeah, Ryan here saying even the Spurs game wasn't as bad in regards to 6-1. And we even did it for that game in regards to 3-2-1s. However, I probably would make an exception not to do it today. And I'll just get your opinions and people can put their 3-2-1s in the comments if if they so pleased. But the reason I wouldn't, look, it's a dark day. Now, I'm not putting in a dark day in the club's history in regards to it's not relegation. It's not Munich. Like the team hasn't died type thing. It's not a dark day in that aspect. But in regards to football, there's no hiding from the fact that it is Players were better than some players. Players were worse than some players. So we definitely could make cases. I just think I'm definitely happy to do it after a loss. But as I said in the previous podcast, I said in regards to Solskjaer's position, we could lose 1-0 or 2-1 or 2-0 sort of thing. You think, okay, better team one sort of thing. And Solskjaer can keep his job and almost rightly so. However, losing 5-0, when we mentioned that scoreline is different. It is different losing 5-0. And now I'm very... To, hesitant to knock award 3-2-1s in regards to the fairness of the award over the course of the season if someone put a decent shift in and deserving of something but I would be happy to um not award anyone points just sort of in mourning of the in mourning of the result type thing I can't give out points for this one mate no 3-2-1s this game sorry lads anyone in the comments looking forward to that sorry but you just can't do it well, George just tried his best fair play to George. Um, three for De Gea, two for Lindelof, and one for Donny van der Beek. Well, he didn't put a foot wrong, Donny van der Beek, so fair play to him. <laughs> and um, Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard gets points for saying, I'm not on the pitch. Yeah, I thought fair play to Lingard in that aspect. I thought, <laughs> the, the, no, no, I'm not, not taking the piss. I thought fair play. No. They are giving him abuse, and he's saying, hang on, what are you abusing me for? I'm not on the pitch. And look, fair play to him because a lot of the players do. And look, we give the players stick on his type thing, so... I have no issue with the players giving it back, especially the players who weren't contributing to the on-pitch United have just tweeted out, uh, Oli is setting his sights on United's next three games in a bid to fight back. Jesus well, Christ. Well, well, my bet, when they didn't when they didn't tweet out that he was sacked, my, my initial guess was the next tweet would be to buy their new training ground uh, merchandise. But um, yeah, I was wrong. It was going to be a Solskjaer interview. I'd love to go into the replies of that tweet, but... Um, if you are joining live, um, there are a lot of people in chat, which is fantastic to see. Um, please like the video. Again, truly appreciate um, everyone's interaction. It is hard to get to everyone's comments, but we do truly appreciate it. Um, the, the main reason I do appreciate it is it's quite a sensible chat. I think everyone's on the same page in regards to he needs to go, but I think you can get a little bit of discussion in here rather than I could just imagine the replies to that tweet, Larry. Um, that you, you couldn't have a conversation in that Twitter thread. So do appreciate the sort of the sensible nature in regards to the comments here. But we will just move on and maybe just something to just not deflect a little bit. To, we have to look forward. Um, I don't want to look forward to Tottenham, but Solskjaer in regards to we do have to discuss the two names in the room, Antonio Conte and Zinedine Zidane. Now it is pointing towards Antonio Conte. If the club is to uh, make a sort of decision on Solskjaer, 
Current thoughts? I don't want it, mate. I don't want it. And I only say that because we saw with Jose Mourinho how this type of manager will go. Um, he'll come in. He'll likely have short-term success. Um, but I, I don't think he's the sort of manager for a long-term strategy. Forgive me for being a, a romanticist. Forgive me for being someone who wants to see a manager in the job for 10 years, if that's even possible in modern football. But Antonio Conte will set up in a way that just doesn't suit United fans. It doesn't suit the ethos of the football club. And yeah, you can say we're entitled brats for saying things like that, because who are we to demand a, a style of play? But at the end of the day, like that's why people love this football club. That's why we support Manchester United instead of Chelsea or City or whoever else it might be. United are known for playing a certain way because we demand that. Um, and I just can't accept Antonio Conte and the way that he plays football. Uh, not just that. He will, he will cause massive unrest in the dressing room. He'll throw out younger players because he doesn't like developing youth players. And that's the thing that there is a there is an there is something that is built into the walls of Manchester United that you can criticize Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for tactically, but what he did understand and what he has brought back should the day eventually come where he is going to leave, no one can say that he hasn't left the club in a better place than he he came in. And that's the thing I don't think Conte would I think Conte would be undoing all of that good work. Yeah, well, I think um, Dion here is saying the boat from Ajax in regards to Ten Hag, which I think is a good shout, and a lot of people are on the same page. However, I think the issue there is, well, he's at Ajax. Um, he's not leaving Ajax. Now, obviously, a big, a big wad of money might change things. Um, if, we go, if we do go to Ajax and say he's almost a transfer fee for a manager, that does change things. But it does look like he's going to be there, be there for the remaining of the season and sort of fair play to him for sticking out. I've seen his recent results. He smashed PSV and smashed Dortmund. So fair play to him. But in regards to the available managers, that's just... Simply not an option at the moment. Um, Ahmad saying, what are we playing where now? I accept um, nothing other. I'll accept anything other than this um, shit at this stage, which I think that's the thing in regards to Conte because at the moment Zidane, a choice for me would be Zidane over Conte, mainly just for, he's one of my favourite players growing up. I absolutely love Zidane. That's my main reason. It's probably not sort of the best thinking in regards to who's the actual best manager, but I do prefer Zidane. Um I, just, I was watching on Facebook today, Antonio Conte's goal in 99, which Zidane obviously played in as well. I popped up on my timeline. So Conte does have history with Manchester United. But you talk about Conte, and look, I completely agree in regards to his fit for Manchester United, which we've talked about. And I've seen a comment about Gary Neville, which I'll try and go back to from Trev. From Trev. If we get someone who does fit Manchester United, is that going to be an answer? Who fits Manchester United? Yeah, I know. So so why not just go... And we've gone completely opposite with Jose Mourinho and it hasn't worked, but there could be a case of saying, well, it did work for two years. Maybe sort of the 10-year project. Let's let's have a two-year project. Let's, I'm the not squad's saying that's in a place. Chill. The Sorry? squad's in a better place now where you can get a Jose Mourinho. No, not the current Jose Mourinho, of course. But I think there is now room for an established manager to come in because you look at that squad... It's not far away from being the finished article. Maybe one or two signings, but there are good players there. It's just now a matter of a coach being able to get the most out of that squad. That's really all it is. I, I don't think that this group of players is awful, Tom. My I think concern. that Solskjaer, for whatever reason, just hasn't found a way to maximize the talents at his disposal. Well, no, you're completely right. But my concern with a short-term, let's let's say Antonio Conte, or a short-term manager, Jose, Jose Mourinho 2.0, whoever, 
comes in. My issue now, even if it's the right appointment, the perfect appointment, he's going to do, he's going to win us the league inside three years type thing. I have a feeling, let's say Antonio Conte comes in tomorrow, everyone will be celebrating and the huge Oliatas will be saying, yeah, great, we'll get a new manager bounce. Conte will win a couple of games on the bounce. We're moving forward. If Antonio Conte doesn't win the Champions League this year, every single fan will say, well, Thomas Tuchel did it. Let's get rid of Antonio Conte. And people will think that's a bit of an overreaction, but I don't think it is. Now, that wouldn't be the right decision by fans or the right sort of mentality by fans, but I think that would happen. I think if Antonio Conte came in before Christmas and didn't win the Champions League, we would say, well, someone at Chelsea did it. Conte has to go. And then suddenly we're getting rid of short-term managers after six months. What kind of a mess are we going to dig ourselves? That's the thing. We debated after the Leicester match. We said, if you get rid of Oli now, who comes in? It's not about all right. Anyone can say Oli out. We, we all we go. Everyone here. I, I imagine everyone in the comments here agrees Oli needs to go. It's about who comes in, and that's the thing. The fact that we need a debate whether Conte would we take Conte. It almost feels like we'd be settling for Conte. No one actually wants him, but we're figuring. Oh, but he's the best out there, and that's the issue, Tom. If we don't have the ready-made replacement, then you're better off. Look, I'm not. That's not to say we don't need a change. Maybe we need a caretaker in place. But if you don't have a ready-made manager, you're best off sticking with what you know until you then pull the trigger on Oli. Otherwise, we're just going in blind. Then we're having the same old debate. United don't have a, they're not a football club. They're not run properly. They don't have a plan in place. They should have had this planned months ago, etc. It's a vicious cycle. A lot of comments coming in regards to names, in regards to Zidane. A few people mentioned Wayne Rooney type thing. Steve Bruce. <laughs> I'd take and, him. Uh, I'd take Wayne Rooney. I just want to scroll back up to a comment if I can find it from Trevor. I just want to sort of wrap up on here. We've gone for about half an hour, so I just want to wrap this up on the last point. And he says a little bit off topic. I think it's on topic, Trev, but saying one thing totally off subject. Gary Neville is getting embarrassing in the post-match wrap-ups. And I just want your opinion because here we sit. I wouldn't put us in the category of Gary Neville, but you could almost do that where... We have accepted, we've accepted for a long time. And look, deep down, we've both said at PSG, when Solskjaer first got the contract, we said he's not the man to win us a Premier League title. However, that wasn't his job when he took over. So we said, yes, he's the right man for the job. As we said, Varane, Sancho and Ronaldo walked through the door, his job changes and suddenly Solskjaer isn't the man. So we've been a big sort of defender of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but here we are saying, and obviously not on a platform like Sky Sports or Gary Neville's sort of millions of followers on Twitter. We don't have that platform, but here we are on our little platform saying... Okay, yeah, he needs to go. Let's respect, let's sort of respect him, but he needs to go. Gary Neville has now dug himself a hole where he can't do that. He's just said, I will not do it. So, so he can get us relegated. And Gary Neville would say, no, no, he needs to stay. I'm not going to call for him to be sacked. He's dug himself a hole which he can't get out of. And I just get your opinion because, look, Gary Neville is one voice, but in regards to Manchester United fans, he is probably up there in the most two or three most influential voices. I think that game where Jose Mourinho... Um, won 3-2 against Newcastle, where he was reportedly going to be sacked um, regardless of the result. I think Gary Neville kept Jose Mourinho in a job in that post-match interview. Gary Neville came out and absolutely slaughtered um, the board, saying this is a disgrace, this has come out. And I think, I think, in my opinion, that story was accurate. I think Jose Mourinho was out the door. Gary Neville had a big sort of say, and I think that sort of changed the influence of um, Woodward's and the Glazers' decision. So there I'm saying how important or how influential his voice is. He's not doing United fan base any any favors, I don't think. I agree with you. If you're a pundit, and and Oli would be wise enough to know this, taking the job, you have to be impartial when you're in that in that pundit position, um, and, and that's a really disappointing thing for Gary Neville. Um, 
he needs to call it out for what it is. And I, I respect Paul Scholes. Scholes came out after the Atalanta result and some were even saying he's being too negative. You know what? Credit to Scholes. He's not, he's not a first-team manager. He doesn't have a UEFA B coaching license. But he's out there. After the Atalanta result, we're all stuck in the fairy tale of happiness. And he said, if I'm Jurgen Klopp, I'm rubbing my hands together. Now, if that's someone who's not a coach, the fact that Oli and his coaching staff didn't pick up on that and still set up with that 4-2-4 off the ball, suicidal. So if Gary Neville can't call out his mate for when his mate's doing the wrong thing, then I say that's not really much of a friend. And I, the other thing is he needs to do the right thing by Manchester United. We always say this football club is bigger than any one man. Then Gary Neville, and, and you know what, if your friendship can't handle a little bit of criticism when your friend is not doing the right job, not really much of a friend anyway. That's it. He's doing an injustice. You're 100% right. Look, it's hard. And look, at the moment, obviously, when we went live and at the time of recording this, there has been no decision in regards to Sol um, Solskjaer. So I'm sure we'll be having this debate tomorrow, the next day and the day after because there's no midweek game. We're obviously out of the League Cup. So we have to wait for, I think it's next Monday morning as well. I think it's a Sunday kickoff against Tottenham, unfortunately. So we have a week to dissect this and I'm sure news will break. There'll be reports here and there, which we'll sort of discuss. Um, there have been a lot of people in the comments today, um, more than we ever have. Um, there are a lot, a lot of yeah, I don't want to touch this comment here from Josh. Let's say about skulls, the better skull hits feet. Yeah, let's try and just sort of lay low on skulls until that video sort of dies down for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure what was happening there, but there, there is a lot happening in the chat, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, you couldn't get to every comment, but we truly appreciate it. And not just, as we said, but not just appreciate the interaction, but sort of the sensible nature, because I'm scared to go through Twitter and look at the last tweet from Man United and sort of read the replies, because you simply can't get a discussion there. But Larry, we have had some type of a discussion today. Um, I don't know if I feel better or worse. Um, probably a good thing to have, but it's a dark day in United's history. Again, I'm not saying it's, okay, it's Munich or a relegation type thing, but it does feel like, I don't know, is it the worst feeling you've had as United fan? I don't think it is. I think I could pinpoint worse feelings. But, my God, the raw emotion says it sort of probably is. It felt sad. Um, it did feel sad. Um, by the way, there are 51 of you watching. Do like the video. And if you're new here, do subscribe. Um, always enjoy interacting with you. Do get your comments in. Um, but, yeah, look, Tom, it obviously is disappointing. And I think the scary thing here is if they're not going to sack him after this result, at what point do they sack him? That, that's the concern. If you can't sack someone after a 5-0 loss to your biggest rivals at home, at what point do you then say, so you're basically saying this is acceptable, so then when do we get to the point of where it's not acceptable? That's the greatest concern. Well, that, 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 that's where I am, and it's not a football point of view. Yes, we can, okay, he needs to go from a football point of view. What I've seen now, and I just saw the video of him after full-time outside Old Trafford, outside the players' entrance where he's signing autographs for 10 or 15 people with a smile on his face, taking selfies, signing stuff. I think forget the football. Yes, he needs to go for that. Yes, we need a new change in manager for this reason and that reason. Fans are turning on him. Even fans who like him and respect him are turning on him. And I, I just I hate that. And like I think it was the Burnley game just before Bruno Fernandez arrived. I said Solskjaer needs to be sacked now, just for the sake of just for his own sake. Not that he deserved to, but I just think I hated how fans are turning on him. And that's happening now. Even he's sort of a lot of look we've turned in regards to his position as manager. But even people who do respect him are starting to sort of have little sly digs and coward and clown and this. And I, I just don't like it. And it's only becoming worse because 
if he hasn't been sacked after this, well, the results are going to get worse, let's face it. God, could you imagine Liverpool did that to us? Could you imagine what Manchester City are going to do to us? I think City are 10 times the team Liverpool are. I think that could be almost double figures if we put in that performance. So if things get worse and we get one or two more results like that, which will happen if he stays in the job, unfortunately, I think, the the treatment of Solskjaer will be a low point in Manchester United's history because he is getting dogs abuse week in, week out now. And, look, I love him, but I hate to see it now. It is sad. Um, but, look, obviously we got we got Spurs on the horizon. They're doing awfully. So, dare I say it, it could be an opportunity for United to turn things around. But, oh, God, I, I've just cursed us, haven't I? But, look, you know what? The saddest thing for me, and I, I'm not going to question Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's character as a man or anything like that, but the... The demeanor he carried himself with after the game, his body language in the press conference, and the the signing, he was signing, um, he was signing merchandise and the likes for fans after the game. I almost feel like, and look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I felt a part of that Tom was he's almost trying to do any sort of good gesture to make himself feel better. It didn't because I imagine after the game, and I, I've seen Ollie, he, he signed, he does sign merchandise after games, Ollie. But that almost felt like uh, I'm going to do any sort of good deed I can to just some sort of good hope to let the fans speak positively about me. As, as he should. Uh, he, he still has a role to play off the field as manager. And yeah, he you does. can think it's not enough type thing, but I think that is something that is important. And yes, tactics on the field and team selection is more important than signing a few autographs. But in terms of the nature around our fan base, I think that is something, while small, that is something he needs to do. Yeah, it's not Would he have done that if we won the football batch though? That's what I'm saying. It's almost like he's trying to deflect it. Yeah. Look, I I know where you're coming from, and I know you're not criticising him in regards to any of that, but, yeah, it's a... It's a tough one. Look, I absolutely love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I know you do as well. Um, got signed stuff. From him. I've been fortunate enough to meet him one or two occasions. He's a gentleman. Absolutely love him. It's just unfortunate it's got to the point where he just needs to go. Just uh, as I said, forget the football point of view. Yes, of course it needs to change in regards to a football point of view. But he's a club legend. He, like, yes, he's not Sir Bobby Charlton or Sir Alex Ferguson or Brian Robson or Cantony. Here he's in that bracket below. But Manchester United isn't in sort of isn't the club it is without Solskjaer, let's say Moments FC, without that moment in 99 in Barcelona, we aren't the club that we are. Um, he has changed the course of history and we ha- do need to thank Solskjaer for that. So I hate how the fans are turning on him. So that is why, look, yes, from a football point of view, yes, things need to change. But I just think from keeping his legacy, um, it does need to change. But will the Glazers act at the moment? It looks like they're not going to, Larry. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Just don't, just don't cut to Sir Alex Ferguson in tears. Seriously, my heart, my heart shrinks. Can't take. I tell you what, the worst thing there was they did that, and yes, that was sad. Then they crossed. Then the they so, showed Dalgleish. Kenny Dalgleish laughing up. I just think, God, get him off the screen, type thing. But yeah, that is the life of a Man United fan at the moment. But again, appreciate everyone in the comments today. There have been a lot of you, which is fantastic to see. Unfortunately, after a loss, it would have been better after a win. But hopefully, you join us for the next win, obviously, against Tottenham, which we're very confident of a win against Tottenham, 3-0. <laughs> one match to get his first start of the season in the Premier League. Um, that'll fix all our problems. But um, if you have enjoyed the video, got something out of it, please do leave a like. There are six, over 60 of you in the video at the moment, so it'd be great if you could do that and just cheer us up just a little. Just just cheer us up. You're holding your phone now. It takes one second. Bang. Um, very much appreciated. Larry, always a pleasure. Hope you had a good Monday. I know you didn't, but... That's all right, mate. I'll see you for some scotch during the week, eh? Yeah, plenty. Some proper 12. All right, chat to you. Have a good one. All right.
Cheers. Cheers.